The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life deals with sensitive issues and includes extreme adult themes. It is not recommended for children and listener discretion is strongly advised. If you at any time require support, please contact your local crisis centre. Hello and welcome back to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton and in today's episode we jump right back into the story of Billie Eilish from where we left off. As Billie was just about to begin releasing tracks from her upcoming debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, as Billy would go from promising up-and-comer to the hottest star in the music industry at the time. So without further ado, let's get back into it. This is part two of the Billy Eilish story. This is Lyrics of Their Life. On the 18th of July, 2018, Billie Eilish would drop her very first single called You Should See Me In A Crown from the album that would go on to be named When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? The track You Should See Me In A Crown received a large amount of airplay worldwide and was a moderate hit, reaching number 3 in New Zealand, 8 in Latvia, 16 in Australia, and number 41 on the US Hot 100. It also went triple platinum in Australia and double platinum in the US and Canada. The song itself was, believe it or not, simply based off of a quote from the television series Sherlock, where Sherlock Holmes's enemy, Professor Moriarty, says... In a world of locked rooms, the man with the key is king, and honey, you should see me in a crown. With Phineas providing a great heavy and trap electro-style beat to the dark song, Billy also added lyrics describing her most recent success and how she plans to only get bigger and bigger, and mockingly, she jokes about world dominance, with the lyrics reading, You should see me in a crown. I'm gonna run this nothing town. Watch me make them bear. One by, one by, one. Billy also stated that her past songs had all been relatively sad or self-deprecating, and that this song in particular was a good self-esteem boost and a way of reassuring herself that she is worth it, as she was quoted as saying, So to write a song that's kind of almost empowering, that was not even something I ever thought of doing, or wanted to do even. Billy also claimed that the intention of the horror-style song was to scare the listener, and that the sound at the beginning of the track is actually her father sharpening his kitchen knives after Phineas and Billy overheard him doing it while recording the track, 
and asked him to repeat the sound so they could record it and place it into the song. To add to the horror of the track, Billy can be seen in one music video wearing a crown covered in spiders as they proceed to crawl all over her face as an unfazed Billy maintains an eerie, almost emotionless or evil looking stare right at the camera. During the video, Billy was said to have been in her element, being a huge fan of creepy crawlies and even being brave enough to have a live tarantula crawl out of her mouth after being inspired by a woman named Deanna who had done the same. As Billy was quoted as saying, We found this woman, Diana, who was a spider wrangler. We talked forever. She showed me how she puts the spider in her mouth, and then I did it. Spiders on my face and hair. It was crazy. I loved it. I would have never thought in my life that I would have done that. While a second video sees a collaboration with a Japanese artist known as Takashi Murakami in an animated video where Billy transforms into a demon or spider-like beast, devouring everyone in her path. While many love the visuals of the music video, some found it to be quite disturbing, while Christian groups labelled her music and herself as demonic. With some lyrics in the song suggesting that Billy used her soft soothing vocals and innocent song Ocean Eyes to lure in her fans before turning to a much darker approach with her lyrics reading, Bite my tongue, bide my time, wearing a warning sign, wait till the world is mine, visions I vandalize, cold in my kingdom size, fell for those ocean eyes. Ocean Eyes of course being a reference to the song of the same name and how her initial fans were lured in before her sudden transformation to a darker sound and style, much like the animated music video suggests. This however would only be the beginning of Billy's obsession for dark themes in her songs and music videos as she started to become a household name. You Should See Me In A Crown would see Billy make her daytime TV debut performing the song live on The Ellen Show, where at this point in her career, at just the age of 16, her songs had already been streamed over 1 billion times on Spotify. Then during October 2018, Billy would sign a deal with Next Management, promoting beauty and fashion products as her star power began to rise, with Billy later even releasing her very own fashion line and perfume. Following this, Billy would next release her second single called When the Party's Over on the 16th of October 2018. This moody ballad about the impending end of a relationship would fare slightly better than See Me in a Crown with it reaching number 3 in New Zealand, 7 in Australia, 29 in the US, and 21 in the UK. Through streaming and sales, the single would go diamond in France, 7 times platinum in Australia, and 4 times platinum in the US and Canada. With the track actually being performed live a year prior to its release during a tour of New Zealand. The track When the Party's Over 
sees Billy return to her soothing soft style of vocals with a brilliant melody and some beautiful overlayered harmonies. The simple piano notes and emotive music allow for Billy's outstanding vocals to shine through, along with brilliant lyrics displayed by Phineas, as Billy sadly sings about the point of a relationship when she knows it's all about to come to an end. The basis of the song was actually written by Phineas on a lonely late-night drive home along a mountainous LA freeway known as The Two, after randomly and abruptly deciding to leave his then-girlfriend's house and opting to head home for, in his opinion, no reason at all, as the lyrics started coming to him on the quiet drive. For example, the line, I could lie, say I like it like that, like it like that. The relationship itself wasn't yet too serious, but Phineas was stuck in limbo, feeling unsure about his girlfriend, and also content with it not being too serious just yet, which made him feel safe. But for the purpose of the song, and the fact that it suited Billy more than his own style, as he raced into Billy's room, claiming he had just wrote the perfect song for her. The track then followed Billy, attempting to have some time away from her partner and let her hair down, despite her partner wanting to have a serious conversation about their troubles in their relationship while she was in a busy or noisy place such as a party, as the couple struggled to hear each other over the phone as Billy sings the line, I'll call you when the party's over. Billy would elaborate when speaking to Coop DeMaine by saying, quote, So when the party's over, I feel like that's such a sentence. It's like, I'll call you when the party's over. You're on the phone with someone and you can't hear them. They can't hear you. It's loud. They're mad at you for some reason. I feel like everybody's had that struggle with someone. Somebody on the phone yelling for some reason and you're just like, you know what? fucking leave me alone. Billy said it was the hardest song that she had ever created so far with her brother, claiming it took at least 90 takes to record the word don't correctly at the beginning of the track, as she told Spotify, quote, this was the most difficult song we have ever recorded together. There are so many layers of vocals on top of each other. This song signifies the feeling of the end, like how you feel when the party is over. It's about miscommunication with someone you care about when you know it's about to end. While Phineas claimed the song was very difficult, as he was quoted as saying, hundreds and hundreds of vocal layers later. The music video for When the Party's Over is today one of Billy's most iconic, standing at over 840 million views on YouTube, as a blue-haired, depressed-looking Billy is seen seated in a purely white room before consuming a glass of black liquid or a substance that resembles ink. Billy's body then starts contorting after fully sculling the liquid before she starts crying tears of the black ink from her eyes as it gushes out of her eyes and runs all over her face, shirt and the floor. Billy says that she had come up with the idea for the video after being mesmerised by some fan art that had been sent to her, which depicted her with black demon-looking eyes that were leaking this black substance. As she told NME, 
quote, I remember standing there looking at this drawing of me and my eyes were black and there was this black ink dripping from my eyes and I just stared at it and I felt like I got starstruck by this image, this drawing of me. Billy would even trial how she wanted the video to turn out by using her own mother as her human guinea pig by setting it all up in the backyard and worked on every single angle that she thought would look great on camera. The liquid or ink looking substance was said to have been made from xanathan gum mixed with charcoal water and other minerals to create the effect while clear see-through tubes were placed down to the corner of each of her eyes from across her forehead to create the crying ink effect. As Billy was quoted as saying, the shoot day was about 12 hours long and we did maybe six full takes with the black ink in my eyes. That shit was really in my eyes, okay? That was very, very real. Don't play me, man. That shit was real and it stung. During this time, Billy began the one-by-one tour of Europe and North America from October 2018 to March 2019, while also performing as the opening act for Florence and the Machine in a handful of shows both in Australia and the US. Billy would also release two tracks called When I Was Older for the soundtrack to the film Roma and a soft ballad in a lullaby style named Come Out and Play. Come Out and Play would become a moderate success, making the top 30 in Australia and number 17 in New Zealand, despite struggling in the US and UK to make an impact on their charts. Billy and Phineas wrote the song together for an Apple advertisement, which would run over the 2018 Christmas period. After previously having a brief movie date with a boy named Henry Whitford, who Billy says she shared her first kiss with in 2017, only for him to totally ruin the moment, as he claimed their kiss lacked the magic spark. At the end of 2018, 17-year-old Billy entered into her first serious relationship with 22-year-old African-American rapper Brandon Adams, aka 7amp, aka Q, after announcing it publicly. It's believed that Billy had actually started seeing Q and met him back in 2016, which of course meant that Billy would have only been around the age of 16 at the time, and Q being around the age of 20 to 21. So perhaps due to their obvious age gap, and Billy having barely turned 16, she held off on announcing the news of their relationship until she was about 17. Billy's mother, her fans and media personnel have all expressed over the years how they were concerned about men taking advantage of Billy. However, her father always maintained that she could hold her own and make her own choices in life. But this was despite his belief that her judgement isn't the best at times, with Billy herself confessing she prefers to chase the bad guys, which leads to messy relationships and breakups. Billy's relationship with Q would last publicly for a year until it came to a bitter end in late 2019, after Billy had starred on 7amp aka Q's album cover 
Blue Pro, and rumours began to circle about Q mistreating Billy, which will be touched on later in the podcast in relation to songs that reference this relationship. Billy spoke about the breakup around the time by stating, quote, I just wasn't happy, and I didn't want the same things he wanted, and I don't think that's fair for him. I don't think you should be in a relationship super excited about certain things that the other person couldn't care less about. And there was just a lack of effort, I think. I literally was like, dude, you don't even have enough love to love yourself. You can't love me. And you don't, like you think you do. However, despite these feelings, Billy claimed she struggled to get over him and still loved him in a way, as she continued by saying, quote, I didn't stop having love for him. I just, like, spent time away from him for a little bit, and I was like, wow, I'm missing so much because I'm worried about you all the time. I don't want to fix him. I can't fix him. I've tried. I can't do it anymore. Billy also claimed on the Howard Stern show that she found herself to be competing with Q all the time, with them both being musicians. As 2019 rolled around, with Billy now age 17, she would also become the youngest artist ever on Spotify to reach 1 billion streams for an extended play or EP release or project album with Don't Smile At Me, with the EP Don't Smile At Me reaching this incredible milestone. Then on the 30th of January, 2019, Billy would also release a dark, demented track called Bury a Friend. The track would become one of Billy's biggest hits so far, faring quite well on the charts, as it peaked at number one in Latvia and Sweden. It reached the top five in 11 countries, including Australia and New Zealand, and it finished at number six in the UK and 14 in the US. The hard-hitting synth-pop and electronica track would see Billy in arguably her darkest track yet, with haunting layered vocals once again featuring by Billy and lyrics reading, Step on the glass, staple your tongue, bury a friend, try to wake up, cannibal class, killing the sun, bury a friend, I want to end me. Along with this, Billy vocalises creepy demonic type sounds to add to the eeriness of the track, with Phineas himself also adding some strange sounding effects, with British SoundCloud rapper Miki Rain, aka Crooks, adding the male vocal that can be heard saying, Billy, at the beginning of the track, among other short phrases throughout. Billy and Phineas got very innovative during the recording process of Bury a Friend, with Billy including a recording of a dentist drill after attending an appointment to remove her Invisalign, known as a clear or see-through flexible plastic alternative to metal braces to improve or straighten an individual's teeth, which is referenced at the beginning of the album and the music video for Bad Guy in order to lighten the mood of the mostly dark album. According to Phineas, Billy had to remove the Invisalign during recording sessions as it would create a lisp if left in, which Billy often forgot to remove. 
As Billy was quoted as saying, I have so much audio of her taking out her Invisalign that I was like, Billy, this is going to be your version of the Little Wayne lighter flick. You know how when you listen to a new Little Wayne song, he's lighting up a blunt in the song. I was like, Bill, this is going to be your signature sound. Hearing the dentist drill whirring prompted Phineas to source out other interesting sounds for Bury a Friend, as he would carry around his iPhone with his recording app and came up with shooting a staple gun and walking on glass to create a breaking or cracking sound to match the lyrics, as Phineas was quoted as saying, As soon as there was a line about stepping on glass, I wanted to hear someone stepping on glass. As soon as there was a line about a staple, I was smacking a staple gun. The horror-style song would see the siblings co-write the track as they described there being a monster that hides under Billy's bed, a common fear for many children growing up. During the song, Billy takes an interesting approach and sings from the perspective of the monster under her bed as it asks her a range of questions as the lyrics read, What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Billy was quoted as saying, Bury a friend is literally from the perspective of the monster under my bed. If you put yourself in that mindset, what is this creature doing or feeling? I also confess that I'm this monster because I'm my own worst enemy. I might be the monster under your bed too. Billy also claims that much of the song refers to her own experience of sleep paralysis, which is evident in the line that reads, Then my limbs all froze and my eyes won't close, as she told OK Magazine, quote, I have these terrifying dreams, sleep paralysis, night terrors. It's like the whole night is terrifying and then I wake up. I probably wouldn't have made that song the way it is if I hadn't had sleep paralysis and nightmares. While Billy also told Zane Lowe, quote, I've always had really, really bad night terrors and I've had sleep paralysis like five times. All my dreams are lucid so I can kind of control them and I know I'm dreaming when I'm dreaming. While in a video on her Twitter account, she spoke of one of these times that she had sleep paralysis by stating, quote, I tried to look around and my head wouldn't move, and I kept on moving my arm, but my arm wouldn't fucking move. And I did what your brain tells your leg to do, but that shit did not move. So I was like, shit, this is fucked. So I tried to scream, mom, and I couldn't yell. It was the scariest shit in my life. Also, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was, so I was like, I'm dying. This is it, bro. I'm gone. Bye. I didn't even get to say goodbye to all the people I love. While Billy claimed that the basis of this song formed much of what the album, When We All Fall Asleep Where Do We Go, itself, would be about, as the album title is even referenced during this track, as she was quoted as saying, 
I immediately knew what it was going to be about, what the visuals were going to be, and everything in terms of how I wanted it to be perceived. It inspired what the album is about. While the song itself was said to be inspired by Garbage by Tyler the Creator and Black Skinhead by Kanye West, which can definitely be heard in the thumping eerie beat of the track. Despite Billy claiming that this is the sole meaning of the song, it's interesting in the lyrics towards the end of the track, where Billy mentions selling her soul and owing debts, as she disturbingly sings, Keep you in the dark, what had you expected? Me to make you my art, and make you a star, and get you connected? I'll meet you in the park, I'll be calm and collected. But we knew right from the start, that you'd fall apart. Cause I'm too expensive, it's probably something, that shouldn't be said out loud. Honestly, I thought that I'd be dead by now. Wow, calling security keeping my head held down, bury the hatchet, or bury a friend right now. The dead I owe, gotta sell my soul, cause I can't say no, no I can't say no. Then my limbs all froze, and my eyes won't close, and I can't say no, I can't say no. With male rapper, Miki Rain, vocalising the phrase, careful. While it's just a personal theory of mine, These cryptic lyrics could potentially mean that Billy feels trapped by the deal or contract she is under with her recording company Interscope Records, with many artists in the past describing their record deal as being a deal with the devil, full of restrictions, as they are often treated like a puppet on a string for their label's financial gain with the monster under Billy's bed perhaps being a symbol to represent her label not allowing her to be free, with Miki Rain potentially voicing the label being the devil by telling her to be, quote, careful, meaning not to overstep her bounds or else. Interestingly enough, a song with a similar dark meaning later on in Billy's career also points to these same struggles, which will be touched on later in part 3. Much of the title of the song and album also delves into Billy's infatuation with dreams, claiming that she often wondered, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? As she often had dreams every single night as a kid, with some being so real feeling, and others actually coming true a day or so later. In an interview with a Dutch radio station named 3FM, Billy even strangely admitted that she once had a dream where she walked into a meet and greet for her fans and was shot in the head by a man who she claims to know exactly what he looks like. Due to her strike rate of dreams coming true and the dreams sticking with her for all these years, Billy claims that she is worried that one day this nightmare will become a reality. In Bury a Friend, Billy also sings the triggering line, I Wanna End Me, which Billy confirmed was about her most darkest time in her life, as she battled depression and suicidal thoughts between the age of 13 and 16. 
during the popular music video for Bury a Friend, which stands at over 450 million views on YouTube, Billy can be seen representing the monster under the bed, with Miki Rain portraying the individual laying in the bed, being disturbed in their sleep by the monster. The video is quite dark and disturbing, as Billy can be seen with pitch black demonic eyes before watching over Miki sleeping. As a possessed looking Billy gingerly makes her way down a haunted looking hallway in a hotel lobby. Billy is then snatched away by a number of hands and sat in a chair as her hair and face are pulled in every direction, perhaps symbolising that she is being controlled before her shirt is torn and the strange hands return to inject her with a black substance using about 12 syringes as her eye colour becomes yellow. Throughout the remainder of the video, Billy's eye colour changes from yellow to black and to her natural blue colour, symbolising her fight to keep control of herself and ward off the demonic possession perhaps symbolising a fight against her label to remain in control of her own career. When speaking with Rolling Stone magazine, Billy was quoted as saying, I had this idea where I'm naked, like an abduction type thing, completely not in control, just a helpless body, and people putting syringes up my arms and in my neck. That's one of people's biggest fears, needles, and that's what I've been doing recently, honing in on people's fears. There were a lot of people's hands gripping me, and throwing me, and choking me, and pulling my hair. We did a bunch of takes, and every time I'd get a headache or someone's finger in my eye, and I couldn't see out of it, and my earring kept getting pulled out, so we had to glue it into my ear, and I loved it. I enjoy being fucked with, and heard and tossed around almost. It feels good to me for some reason. We went to a random ass hotel that smelled like pee and horses, but we fucking nailed it dude. As Billy began her rise to stardom, she next released a single called Wish You Were Gay on the 4th of March 2019. A song that had been written many years prior back in 2015 by the siblings, which was based on a true story. Billy claims that Wish You Were Gay was written about a guy that she was interested in, but the feeling wasn't mutual, claiming that in her opinion, the guy probably thought she was a quote, shitty person. So instead, she imagined he was gay to make herself feel better about the rejection that she felt. As Billy claimed that when you're rejected by someone that you pour so much attention and love into that doesn't reciprocate this back, it makes you wonder if there's something wrong with yourself. However, it turned out years down the track that the same guy that turned her down did in fact come out as gay. This particular track did however bring Billy some unwanted negative attention from the gay community as some claim the song was homophobic and that the title suggested that Billy herself was claiming she had come out as gay, despite this not actually being the case, which is linked to a term known as queerbaiting. However, Billy addressed these claims and showed her support for the community in a statement 
as she was quoted as saying, I wrote this song about a guy that was not really interested in me, and it made me feel horrible, so the song is called Wish You Were Gay. And that's so not meant to be offensive in any way. It literally means I wish he was gay, so that he didn't like me for an actual reason. And guess what? He just came out to me like a couple of weeks ago. So I wrote the song, and made him fuck a dude. I'm fucking proud bro, except not really though, because I was really into him. Billy also claimed, when speaking to Zane Lowe, that the song was a quote, selfish song, it's a goofy selfish joke. Phineas claimed that they had also added a unique sound to the track, as he was quoted as saying, a part of the snare is our knuckles cracking. Wish You Were Gay would go on to reach number two in New Zealand, Latvia and Lithuania, while also reaching number five in Australia, where the song went triple platinum. It also reached number six in Ireland, 12 in Canada, 23 in the UK, and only made it to number 31 in the US. Around this time, Billy also confirmed in an interview that she has never taken drugs or smoked cigarettes after rumours began to circulate about whether Billy had engaged in these activities or not. Then on the 29th of March 2019, Billie Eilish's long-awaited debut album would be released to the public, titled When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Featuring a demonic-looking Billy sitting on a white-sheeted bed surrounded by darkness on the album cover artwork inspired by the Australian horror film and book known as The Babadook, which the album cover artwork, believe it or not, took 12 hours to shoot in an LA studio on Billy's birthday. The album itself would be released along with an interactive and immersive experience through sponsor Spotify, which included a number of rooms that represent different songs from the album and included a range of objects that you were able to smell, hear and touch in order to give the individual an idea of what it's like to have synesthesia like Billy. Billy was just 17 at the time of the album's release, and with the success of her previous four singles, and her latest release, which would be Bad Guy, the album would go on to peak at number one in a massive 22 countries, including Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Canada, and the US, as well as reaching the top five in a further seven countries with the album debuting in the top spot in the US, which was a huge feat for the newcomer. The artistic and dark electro-pop album would go seven times platinum in Norway, five times platinum in Denmark, New Zealand and Canada, four times platinum in the US and Poland, and triple platinum in Australia, Austria and France with sales and streaming figures estimating around 6.5 million copies being sold around the world. With a combination of sales and streaming figures estimating that around 6.5 million copies were sold around the world. In just its first week of release, 
the songs from the album had already been streamed over 194 million times, which made Billy the third highest streaming female artist in one week for a new album release. With Billy also becoming the 11th youngest artist to chart on the Billboard 200 album chart. While over in the UK, Billy became the youngest ever solo female musician in their album chart history, topping it after debuting there at number one. While over in Australia, Billy broke Ed Sheeran's record of five tracks from the one album inside the top ten simultaneously, bettering him by one after having six of her own songs inside their top ten. Critics' reviews were mostly positive and often raved about the new star on the scene, claiming that the album was great from start to finish, with a mix of huge and unique tracks littered throughout the album, with some even comparing her to a modern-day Kurt Cobain. Billy was praised for a unique style of vocals, incorporating soft whispers and close-up microphone techniques to create a fresh sound that has been commonly compared to ASMR, as her vocals often have a soothing or spine-tingling effect. Backlash was mainly focused around the tracks being somewhat depressing, and mainly came from the Christian community, who found the demonic or devilish references to be too far, and of course initially by the LGBT community for the song Wish You Were Gay. The themes of the album, of course, delve into the genre of horror, but every song also explores a different fear of Billy's, such as losing a loved one or relationship, mental health struggles such as suicidal thoughts, drug addiction, and being largely based around lucid dreams, nightmares, and sleep paralysis. But what makes both Billy and Phineas's writing and production ability so great is their ability to focus on serious matters and deliver their message in a more light-hearted and fun way, which is evident in the song Bad Guy. However, later on down the track, Billy would claim that only a few tracks apply to her personal life, with the pair claiming that they enjoy writing from other people's perspectives. As Phineas told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, I like writing from other people's perspectives. Half are fictional, and half are things that she was going through, and no one will ever know which is which. Then later in 2021, in relation to the songs on the album, Billy all of a sudden said that they are, quote, almost all fictional. However, this could also be a way of Billy distancing herself from personal and sensitive matters that she raised in these tracks back in the day, and not wanting to bring them up in the present, as questions were raised on a number of lyrics throughout the album. With this strategy of Billy's being used in the past by other artists, such as Tracy Chapman and Australian artist Tones and I, in order to distance themselves from traumatic or negative experiences in their life mentioned in song. Billy claims that when herself and Phineas began producing the album back in 2016, that they wanted it to incorporate a range of genres and be experimental, while also being fun, 
but also depressing at times, and for it to be easily adaptive to a live performance. The craziest thing of all was the entire album, from start to finish, was recorded from Billy and Phineas's childhood bedrooms in Highland Park in California, utilising the audio recording program Logic Pro X and two Yamaha HS5 studio monitors with a H8S subwoofer, with Phineas displaying his great production skills as he produced the entire album and wrote or co-wrote most of the album, utilising mostly effects and limited instruments, keeping the album quite simple and stripped back. While the album itself was said to have been inspired by hip-hop, electro-pop and the work of Nine Inch Nails frontman Trent Reznor. The siblings claimed that recording in their bedroom was much more appropriate for them as it was cheaper than hiring studio time. They also claimed that it gave them the desired vocal effects they were after and that it was simply more homely and comfortable to encourage them to be more experimental and creative. However, Billy claimed that she, quote, hated every second of creating the album due to her label Darkroom and Interscope organising countless meetings, placing ridiculous time frames and deadlines on them, in turn stifling their creative ability to produce better or higher quality tracks and limiting their overall enjoyment of the whole entire process. Despite being given the freedom to write their own songs and experiment from home, as well as recording with Rob Kanelsky, who had worked with Billy and Phineas prior to this, as he handled the mixing for the album. Overall, the album would finish the year in 2019 as the fifth best-selling album, with Billy as the fourth best-selling artist of the year also. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi everyone, and sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to tell you four ways on how you can support the podcast and play your part in keeping it going, so I can continue to bring you more great episodes. If you enjoy Lyrics of Their Life podcast, first of all it would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. It's totally free to do, it just means that you will receive a notification when a new episode of the podcast becomes available. Secondly, you can leave the podcast a positive 5 star review on iTunes as this helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Third of all, you can tell your friends all about the podcast or join us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. While finally, you can take your support one step further and head to our Patreon page and pledge your support to one of two of our plans for just $1 or $5 per month with no locking contract. Or you can pledge just a one-off payment for all the hard work that goes into creating the podcast. And you will receive a number of extra benefits to go with your donation. Or you can even buy me a beer for $5 at buymeacoffee.com forward slash lyrics of life pod. I am a totally independent podcast creator, meaning there are no large networks or businesses financially supporting my work. So your support would be greatly appreciated as it means I can continue creating more content such as biographies, the weekly muse, interviews and more as it takes a lot of time, resources and research 
to prepare and upload just one single episode. Links to Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee can be found in the show notes on our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com or on our Facebook page. Once again, I appreciate every one of my listeners for their support, no matter the form it comes in. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. Released on that very same day as the Where Do We All Go album on the 29th of March 2019 was the mega-hit song, Bad Guy. Known well for its catchy, goofy and quirky beat, Billy's unique vocal techniques and easy-to-sing-along-to lyrics with their at times humorous or tongue-in-cheek connotations. Bad Guy was an absolute smash hit and breakthrough track for Billy, which ultimately made her a household name. Bad Guy would peak at number one in about 16 countries around the world, including the US, Australia, Canada and New Zealand. Number two in around eight countries, including the UK, and the top five in a further nine countries. As it also went diamond in Mexico, France, Germany and Poland, 13 times platinum in Australia and 6 times platinum in the US. When Bad Guy soared into the top spot on the Billboard Hot 100 in the US, Billy would become the first artist born in the 21st century to have a number one hit, and even knocked off Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus's huge hit, Old Town Road, after it held the number one position for 19 consecutive weeks. With Little Nas X congratulating Billy for her achievement, claiming that it was well deserved. Before she was number one in the US, Bad Guy sat at number two for nine consecutive weeks, becoming the longest that a song has sat in second place before eventually making its way to number one. Billy claims that the song was inspired by Selena Gomez's song, Everything Is Not What It Seems, which was the theme song to the Disney TV show, The Wizards of Waverly Place, as well as also being inspired by tracks from J.I.D., Tentacion, Julia Michaels, and Isaiah Rashad. And believe it or not, it was also influenced by the video game theme music for Plants vs. Zombies. During the song, Billy and Phineas also utilised the sound of a pedestrian crossing indicator or traffic light used in Australia, which makes a ticking type sound just like this. Billy says that she recorded the interesting sound during a tour of Australia while in Sydney and thought it sounded too unique not to include in Bad Guy. Funnily enough, although Billy found Bad Guy to be the most likely to be a hit, she did happen to worry about the chorus having no hook, as Phineas and Billy attempted to come up with something else to go in there, but eventually decided to leave it the way we hear it today. According to Billy, 
The song Bad Guy is based around her relationship with an abusive ex-lover of hers, but who exactly that is remains a mystery, with some fans believing that it was in fact about Q. In the song, despite being abused to a certain extent, Billy claims that she is in control of the relationship and that she is the bad guy as she plays with him, taunting his manlyhood and tough guy act and reveals to him that she's in control as she pretends to be a pushover when in fact she's far from it. With Billy playing this docile role in the relationship, she now holds the power to expose the truth of what he is really like as his true colours begin to show, as Billy begins to relish in the power of standing over her man and being the quote, bad guy. As Billy sings in a number of lines that suggest this, as they read, white shirt, now red, my bloody nose, sleeping, you're on your tippy toes, creeping, around like no one knows, think you're so criminal. Bruises on both my knees for you. Don't say thank you or please. I do what I want when I'm wanting to. My soul, so cynical. And the lines, I like it when you take control. Even if you know that you don't own me. I'll let you play the role. I'll be your animal. My mummy likes to sing along with me. But she won't sing this song. If she reads all the lyrics, she'll pity the men I know. What was most memorable about the song, however, was the chorus that reads, So you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, chest always so puffed guy, I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type, I'm the bad guy. Duh. Billy gave a slightly different explanation for the story behind the track when she told KISS FM that it also makes fun of those who act tough and claim to be when really they're quite the opposite, as she was quoted as saying, It's basically making fun of everyone and their personas of themselves, even mine. The initial idea for the song is, like, people who have to tell everybody that they are a certain way all the time. They're not that certain way. In general, I feel like you'll never catch a bad bitch telling everyone she's a bad bitch. It's on. It's you. If you're going around all the time saying like, yeah, I'm bad. I'm always breaking rules and doing this and doing that. You're not. I know that because I used to say that and I wasn't. Bad kids, bad boys, bad bitches, whatever. They do that shit and they don't even know. Billy also claimed that Bad Guy was also aimed at rappers who brag about all their possessions in songs, as she was quoted as saying, Bad Guy is more about people that are always lying about themselves. A lot of it is about a lot of artists right now, a lot of rappers. I feel like pretty much all the rappers right now are lying about how much money they have and about their house and their clothes etc. It's like, shut up, you don't have this, it's just annoying. And it's so easy to see through people when they talk about their money. They have nothing else, so that's all they talk about. The music video for Bad Guy today stands at over 1.2 billion views on YouTube, 
as Billy shows off her quirky, dark, but also humorous side, as she is seen handing a straight-faced male assistant her Invisalign at the beginning of the track, as she utilises vibrant colours like bright yellow and blue, as well as hilarious dance moves to lessen the effect of the darker content of the lyrics, and also the dark visuals, such as bobbing human heads in bags of water, blood dripping from Billy's nose, and being smeared on her face, and a man seeing laying motionless, drowned in cereal, as Billy proceeds to pour milk into his mouth. Being a huge fan of Justin Bieber, identifying as a believer herself, and having a crush on him growing up, Billy would achieve a huge dream of hers by collaborating with Justin on a remixed version of Bad Guy, released in July of 2019. With Billy, of course, meeting Bieber for the very first time at an Ariana Grande concert, where she completely lost her mind when she was able to meet him and go in for a hug. On September 6, 2019, Billy's sixth single released from the album would be controversially titled All the Good Girls Go to Hell. The track was a moderate success, reaching number 8 in Australia, 9 in New Zealand, 19 in Canada, 46 in the US, and struggled significantly in the UK, only making it to number 77. Despite supposedly growing up a Christian, Billy goes down quite a dark route in this song, rejecting God, as she suggests that the devil has sole control over her, with the opening line... My Lucifer is lonely, which is whispered by Billy in a demonic tone. The lyrics detail Billy singing from the perspective of both God and the devil as they discuss between each other how humans have destroyed the earth. The song delves into the role of the devil who has possessed Billy in order to enter into heaven incognito, only to enter while St. Peter, the guard, is absent from his post, who is known well in the Bible for warding off demons and sinners from entering into heaven. In his absence, Billy, possessed by the devil, enters into heaven, but realises it doesn't look like she thought it would, and that it's too late to bring her other demonic friends with her, as the gates have shut behind her. As Billy sings the lines, Peter's on vacation, an open invitation, Animals, evidence, pearly gates, look more like a picket fence. Once you get inside them, got friends, but can't invite them. Billy then refers to the main target message in the song, related to her personal belief in climate change, as she references the 2018 wildfire disaster that ripped through California in the US, killing 100 people and burning close to 2 million acres as the wildfire represents the burning of hell, as Billy hopes that in the future others heed her warning over her climate change concerns as she sings the line, Hills burn in California, my turn to ignore ya, don't say I didn't warn ya. Billy then enters into one of her most controversial lines, as she refers to passages from the Bible, such as judgment and salvation, and suggests that God and the devil 
must team up to destroy humans for wrecking the earth and ignoring the warning signs. Billy also suggests that God is a woman and claims that only good people will go to hell, as in her opinion, those that don't subscribe to the strict Christian views are usually better people. As she sings the lines, all the good girls go to hell, cause even God herself has enemies. And once the water starts to rise and heaven's out of sight, she'll want the devil on her team. As Billy sarcastically suggests that through ignoring climate change, the water will rise so high that it will eventually reach heaven and destroy it. Therefore, she suggests that God would be best to team up with the devil to destroy humans for what they would potentially allow to occur. Billy continues with the lines, Peter should know better, your cover-up is caving in, man is such a fool, why are we saving him? Poisoning themselves now, begging for our help, wow. This verse highlights Billy's belief that many who would enter into heaven would deep down be hiding some sort of sin or guilt, and that no one is sin-free or perfect, which angers Billy at the thought of a select few getting into heaven, while others deemed as sinners, despite being good people, do not. The line that states, Peter should know better, your cover-up is caving in, suggests that St. Peter is doing a lousy job at letting the so-called good people into heaven, who are hiding their sins, and that perhaps he is an insider for the devil, secretly letting in sinners. While the powerful line, man is such a fool, why are we saving him, poisoning themselves now, begging for our help, wow, refers to man or humans in general being foolish and not listening to the warning signs that climate change is a real thing and needs to be taken seriously. While Billy also refers to man's stupidity to take drugs, drink alcohol, kill animals, and eat unhealthy foods loaded with chemicals and additives that only harm us, and then we pray for a higher power such as God to save us or rescue us. Whether or not you believe in climate change, God, or the devil, and while the lyrics are quite dark and controversial, there's no denying the amount of thought that went into creating these lyrics, as the song is littered with interesting cryptic clues and messages. The music video for All The Good Girls Go To Hell only sparked more controversy, however, as the video, which now stands at around 220 million views on YouTube, sees us pick up from where we left off in the Bury A Friend video, as Billy was stabbed by at least 12 syringes. This transforms Billy into an angel with white wings growing out of her back, which leads her to be cast out of heaven as she falls from the clouds to the earth into a black pit of oil or a black tar-like substance as Billy gingerly emerges from the pit covered from head to toe in oil and displaying her pitch black dark eyes like a demon suggesting she is now a fallen angel, aka a demon. Fire begins to burn around Billy as the oil-like substance starts to catch Billy's angel wings on fire, 
as the feathers slowly burn away, revealing wings more likened to a bat, representative of the devil, or like a bat out of hell. As eerie silhouettes of women can be seen dancing in the flames in the background, seductively. These themes, of course, would bring unwanted attention from many Christian groups. While one more single was still to come from the When We All Fall Asleep album, Billy decided to release a live album called Live at Third Man Records, the label owned by Jack White of The White Stripes, and also released a brand new standalone track titled Everything I Wanted on the 19th of November, 2019. Originally titled Nightmare, in the early stages of the writing process during September 2018, the somber and depressing ballad derives from Billy's struggles with her mental health, specifically depression at that time, and delves into Billy's strong bond with her brother Phineas after having a suicidal dream, where she decided to jump from the Golden Gate Bridge to her death only to realise that no bystanders, or anyone for that matter, cared besides her brother Phineas, who has always been by her side, through all of life's highs and lows, just like she had been for him. Those that stood around watching were representative of Billy's friends and fans, as one of her biggest fears was them turning on her one day, even after all the success and happiness that she has brought to them as she felt in a way like she was disposable, or that one day the love for her would go away if she wasn't as successful as she once was. Billy was prompted to write the song when this dream, among others, was all that she could think about, with writing it into a song the perfect way to stop obsessing over the dreams. Initially, Phineas was strongly against helping Billy write this song and worried he would only be encouraging her in a negative way if he did write it with her. As he said, quote, It was a period where I was really worried about my sister and I felt like an enabler in helping her write a song as bleak as that song was. Like the musical equivalent of giving an alcoholic another beer. I'm not going to support this. I don't want to write a song about you killing yourself and how that's everything you wanted. Originally, the song was much more dark and horrific, delving further into her suicidal headspace at the time, but with Phineas, their co-producer, and her parents worried about her mental state and writing such a dark song, they encouraged her to include a more hopeful section which relates to Billy's positive relationship with her brother. As Phineas was quoted as saying, you can't always solve problems in a song. While Billy said that writing everything I wanted was, quote, the way I can feel those things without doing something to myself. Despite the backlash Billy received from those close to her, it was clear that writing the song was a brilliant form of therapy for her and was a way of getting those thoughts out of her system. The opening verse explores the dream where Billy jumps from the bridge as she sings the lines, I had a dream, I got everything I wanted, not what you'd think, and if I'm being honest, it might have been a nightmare, to anyone who might care, thought I could fly, so I stepped off the golden, nobody cried, nobody even noticed, 
I saw them standing right there. Kinda thought they might care. Billy then enters into the pre-chorus and chorus as she talks about her brother Phineas and the support and advice he gives her in her time of need. As she sings the lines, I had a dream, I got everything I wanted, but when I wake up, I see you with me. And you say, as long as I'm here, no one can hurt you. Don't want to lie here, but you can learn to. If I could change the way that you see yourself, you wouldn't wonder why you're here. They don't deserve you. The music video for the track sees Billy driving a vehicle with her brother Phineas in the passenger seat as they proceed to drive into the ocean together before sinking into the darkness of the sea inside the vehicle. This relates to the third verse where Billy sings about drowning and that she tried to call for help by screaming, but no one bothered to help. Instead, they stood there judging her for what she had done. Which of course is quite sad, but a fair representation of how society is these days, as many would prefer to pull out their phones and start recording the tragedy or turn a blind eye rather than save or help someone. However, as the lyrics in the song suggest, the only one to go down with her was Phineas, as the video depicted his support as an unfazed Phineas went down with her. The video now stands at around 315 million views on YouTube. Billy spoke about the song with Genius when she was quoted as saying, Pretty much that whole song is about me and Phineas's relationship as siblings. We started writing it because I literally had a dream that I killed myself and nobody cared. And all of my best friends and people that I worked with basically came out in public and said like, Oh, we never liked her. In the dream, the fans didn't care. The internet shit on me for killing myself, all this stuff, and it really did mess me up. I mean, the message behind the song is like, my brother is my best friend, and I have these dreams, and these things happen, and no matter what happens, he's always going to be there for me, and it's the same the other way around. Despite the track being quite sombre, it did manage to fare well on radio, receiving mass airplay around the world, while it also charted at number one in five countries, including Ireland, number two in six countries, including Australia and New Zealand, number three in the UK, and number eight in the US. With the track delving into Billy's suicidal thoughts, this could also be a reference to the time that a 16-year-old Billy considered taking her own life, when she was on tour in Berlin, Germany, around the 26th of February, 2018. As she told Gail King in an emotional Grammys interview, quote, I was in Berlin, and I was alone in my hotel, and I remember there was like a window right there, and I remember crying because I was thinking about how the way that I was going to die was. I was going to do it. I was so unhappy, and I was like so joyless. Billy continued by stating that she didn't think she'd make it to her 17th birthday, and revealed that she also used to self-harm, as the fame hit hard, and she just wanted to go and hang out with her friends like normal, 
after once dreaming of being a star, just so she could be close to Justin Bieber as a kid, to hating the life of fame. As she was once quoted as saying, the world sucks and fame is trash. But luckily, Billy was helped out of this dark period through the support of her loving family, rapper XXXTentacion, who was a support person for her, struggling with similar issues at the time, and also her loyal fans, who she now looks to support through their mental health battles, encouraging them that better times are always ahead and that they can overcome their struggles, just like she had, through the right help and support, and reminding her fans to simply be kind to yourself. During this same interview with Gail King, Billy also revealed that driving was one of her favourite ways to de-stress and relax, especially after saving up and purchasing her dream car, which was a matte black Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat for her 17th birthday, which Billy had been dreaming of buying since her dad took her to a car show when she was only 8 years old and spotting the exact car on display. Then in the new year, during February 2020, Billy received some more positive news, landing the song for the soundtrack for the James Bond film, No Time to Die, with Billy releasing a song of the same name for the soundtrack. No Time to Die would go on to chart at number one in seven countries, including the UK, which became her first number one there, while also reaching the top five in 14 other countries, including Australia, while in the US, it peaked at number 16. Riding the track alongside her brother, No Time To Die, would make Billy the youngest musician at 18 years old to compose a song for a James Bond film, beating the next youngest artist, 22-year-old Sheena Easton, with Billy's sombre but breathtaking whispered style vocals proving to be the perfect spine-tingling mix for the Bond film soundtrack, as she sings about betrayal and deceit related to relationships between lovers and in relation to the main theme of the film, being of course about a secret agent who often deals with betrayal. No Time to Die would go on to land Billy and Phineas an Academy Award and Golden Globe Award much later in 2022, while Billy also became only the second artist to write a song for the Bond films to go to number one in the UK, and was the first female to reach the top spot, with Sam Smith being the male artist to reach the top spot with his song, Writings on the Wall, from 2015. Interestingly enough, Billy and Phineas wrote and recorded the song while on a tour bus headed to a show in Texas in the US, claiming that recording and writing on the road back at home or while in hotels was a common practice for them, as studios often restricted their creative ability as they struggled to relax and felt, quote, trapped. After a stunning performance of No Time to Die at the Brit Awards, it was now clear that Billy had made it and was arguably one of the biggest artists in the world. But her music wasn't the only thing pushing her further to become a household name, as it was also her iconic fashion, as she often was seen with dyed hair, whether it be black and green, blue or blonde, 
While her clothing choices usually involved baggy shorts and jackets, large chunky Gucci shoes, loose t-shirts, almost double the size of Billy, and multiple pieces of jewellery such as bracelets and necklaces. All of a sudden, kids and teenagers from all around the world started to imitate Billy's punk rebel style look. Billy claimed that pretty much everything she wears has been given to her by brands such as Gucci or Chanel attempting to promote themselves through Billy and that she hadn't really needed to pay for any clothes for a while which to her is a dream come true as she grew up thrift shopping and mostly wearing budget clothing such as Target and Kmart branded clothes as a kid. Billy claims that she doesn't like to boast about wearing these top designer brands too much, but she does love wearing them, as she remembers as a kid wanting a pair of Nike shoes only to be able to afford a cheap replica pair, but now she gets to wear them for free. In her spare time, Billy loves to design clothing, so don't be surprised to see her venture down this path more prominently in the future as she has done with jewellery and fragrances. During this early period of 2020, on January 17th, Billy also received her very first tattoo at the age of 18, after wanting to get a tattoo ever since she was 16. Billy would receive her second name Eilish, written in Gothic-style font on her chest, which has never been revealed publicly, and she told her fans that they would never see it, as of course she wanted it to remain private. When questioned on why she got her name tattooed on herself, Billy claimed, quote, Yes, I love myself, signalling that this tattoo was a representation of self-love and a reminder to always love herself, even though she doesn't always feel this way. Then on the 10th of April, 2020, Billy would release her seventh and final single from her debut album with a quirky track titled Ilo Milo. While it's a short track, Ilo Milo gives off a brilliant under the water feel with its electronic strobe type of beat which is reflected in the audio video clip featured on YouTube. Ilo Milo would fare best all around the world on radio, including countries like Russia, Ukraine, Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania, while it also managed to reach number 23 in Australia, but failed to crack the top 50 in the UK and the US. Billy claims that the song was heavily inspired by the music of XXXTentacion, among others, and is about both death and desire, as Billy says that it was inspired by a Microsoft Windows puzzle video game named Ilo Milo, where the characters Ilo and Milo are separated and must make their way back to one another. As Billy sings the line, Where did you go? I should know, but it's cold, and I don't want to be lonely, so show me the way home. I can't lose another life, which of course is associated with video games and if a character loses all of their lives, it's game over. Billy elaborates on the feelings included in the lyrics as she says, 
losing somebody or being afraid of losing somebody and it kind of being inevitable. It feels horrible and terrifying, especially when you lose a person. It's a horrible feeling, so it's the feeling of being afraid. Billy would also claim that Ilo Milo is one of her favourite songs that she had ever written. Other interesting tracks from the When We All Fall Asleep album that are worth checking out include the likes of Zanny, which explores the overuse and abuse of the anxiety medication known as Xanax in the hip-hop industry, as well as amongst her friends, as she fears it will end their life if they overuse the drug, and that she herself hates Xanax and will not use it for her own anxiety as she sings the lines... I don't need a Zanny to feel better. On designated drives home, only one who's not stoned. Don't give me a Zanny, now or ever. This stance against Xanax raised the question of Billy's past in relationship to substances, with her telling The Guardian, quote, I've never got high. I've never smoked anything in my life. I don't give a fuck. I never have. It's just not interesting to me. I have other shit to do. While she elaborated in another interview by stating, I have never done drugs. I've never smoked anything in my life. I know people around you doing that shit makes you want to, but you don't have to. The song's message is less, don't do drugs. It's more, be safe. I don't want my friends to die anymore. The annoyingly distorted bass utilised in the song was intentionally included as Billy attempts to make the listener feel irritated as if they are surrounded by friends engaging in activities that don't align with their own morals, such as taking drugs. As she says, quote, If you're just sitting in a room and you listen to this song, the chorus kind of like throws itself at you, like I'm in their secondhand smoke. I just wanted it to sound the way that it feels to breathe in recycled breath. Recycled poisonous breath, I may add. I just wanted it to feel miserable. Billy's dislike for smoking was also depicted in her music video for the track, where Billy is seen sitting on a beach with a cigarette being put out on her face in what would be her music video directing debut. The track was so popular in Australia that it reached number 10 on their ARIA charts, despite not being released as a promotional single. In the mellow but sad ballad, titled 8, which was originally called See Through, Billy sings from the perspective of an ex-boyfriend, about being see-through while in a relationship, and struggling to be heard or seen. So after realising that Billy doesn't love him, he decides to exit the relationship as a ukulele can be heard being strummed throughout the track. As Billy told Zane Lowe, quote, I wrote 8 from the perspective of somebody that I hurt. I feel like when people hear that song, they're like, oh poor baby Billy, she's so hurt. I was just a dickhead for a minute. I really was. The only way I could deal with it was to just stop for a second and put myself in that person's place. It's me empathising, and the thing is, that every lyric in that song is towards me. The track My Strange Addiction, which includes quotes from Billy's favourite TV show, The Office, US version, 
would also see success on the Australian charts, reaching number 12, with Billy describing what the track and her love for the TV show meant to the Australian radio station Triple J, as she was quoted as saying, I've seen The Office 12 times now, and counting. Every time I finish it, I start it immediately right after, from the beginning again. I have episodes memorised and stuff. It's my therapy, bro. It's like my little escape. As stupid as that sounds. That show has gotten me through my whole life, I feel like. The song is called My Strange Addiction, and it's about having somebody be your addiction, and like, feeling like you're suffocating, because you want somebody so bad, that it's like a sickness. And for real, it's just mainly because my strange addiction is The Office. Other tracks from the album include the dark and sad song, Listen Before I Go, which details Billy's struggles with her mental health, and in particular, her depression and suicidal thoughts, which in the song also leads to her taking her own life, after warning her boyfriend that she was feeling this way. Luckily, Billy at the time was doing a lot better mentally, as this was the oldest song included on the album, being written back in 2016, at a time when Billy was struggling. Listen Before I Go was a personal favourite track of Billy's to write, and while at a gig in Toronto, Canada, Billy opened up and shared her thoughts about the song with the audience, as she said, I don't want it to break you down, I want it to bring you to me, and I don't know, be like a mental hug I guess. What I'm really trying to do is, let my words be your words, and stay ours. Finally, the track I Love You sees Billy struggle to reciprocate the love and affection shown by her boyfriend, who has just told her that he loves her for the first time, as Billy can't bring her walls down and do the same for him. During the period between early 2019 and March 2020, Billy would embark on two world tours, beginning with the When We All Fall Asleep tour, commencing on the 13th of April, 2019, running through to November 17th that same year, as Billy would perform a total of 66 shows across parts of Europe, including Germany, as well as the US, Mexico, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Russia, and the UK. Demand for Billy to tour was so popular in Australia that more shows in larger venues had to be added on as Billy wowed audiences with her incredible vocals, special effects and visuals and her genuine ability to stop and have chats with the crowd making for a more intimate experience for her loyal fans with Phineas always accompanying her as an integral part of the show providing vocals, backup vocals, and playing instruments such as the acoustic guitar and piano. Billy often opened up with the song Bad Guy, pumping the audience up from the start before calming things down with her ballads. Billy and Phineas's father, Patrick, even tagged along for the first time on this tour, with Billy claiming having her father, mother and brother by her side on tour makes her the luckiest person alive 
as many other artists don't have the same privilege as they provide her with support and comfort on tour. With her mother Maggie of course managing Billy and Patrick her father working on the backstage crew that consists of up to 37 other workers as Patrick himself works on things like the lighting, driving the tour bus and fixing anything with his handyman skills after quitting his construction job for Mattel to take up the role. Both parents would express to Howard Stern that they love going on tour and seeing new places around the world with their kids, with Maggie stating that one of her favourite things is, quote, I don't have to do the dishes. While it's also clear that Maggie acts as Billy's protector, as she is always seen in the background of interviews or live shows, making sure that her daughter is okay, as at the end of the day, she is still so young in a big scary industry, so Maggie's main role is to support Billy, being the first point of contact for anyone to reach Billy, and being there for Billy's mental health struggles, and as a mum. One of the best things to come from Billy and Phineas's success is that Phineas was able to pay off his parents' mortgage, while Billy pays them a full touring salary despite her parents claiming they would have done it for free, which I have no doubt they would have. Billy also began the Where Do We Go tour on the 9th of March 2020, but of course, due to the COVID-19 pandemic shutting down the music industry and the world, the tour sadly came to an abrupt end only three US shows in on the 12th of March 2020. Tickets were either refunded or ticket holders were given a free pass to her next tour as shows were cancelled across the US, UK, Canada, Europe, South America and Asia, which would have marked her first appearances in countries like Brazil, China and Japan. Phineas, however, would purchase a Malibu oceanfront beach house in California after purchasing it for $5.2 million from actor Rick Scroder, as Phineas would officially move out of his family home for the very first time to live with his American YouTuber girlfriend, Claudia Saluski, who he had dated since 2018. Billy would stay here from time to time, but mainly resided at her family home. The Malibu house, however, would become the siblings' new recording and writing studio after Phineas had one built in the basement. The house would later be resold in June 2022 for a profit of $500,000. The pair would also briefly record in a Spanish mansion Phineas purchased for $2.73 million located in Los Feliz. It would later be revealed that at just the age of 17, Billy had actually purchased a secret $2.3 million ranch which once happened to be owned by Leona Lewis. Located in Glendale, LA, the 2,100 square foot ranch house included a guest house and a horsekeeper's apartment, a paddock, goat pens, four stables, an arena, tack room, and feed stables, perfect for Billy's love for horses. Billy would later reference this ranch in the track NDA, with the lyrics reading, I bought a secret house when I was 17, 
haven't had a party since I got the keys. Despite purchasing her very own dream ranch, Billy still chose to reside at her childhood home, for the most part with her parents, where childhood photos of the siblings, as well as scribings in permanent marker on the wall of the kids' heights and growth over the years, can still be found, always giving them that personal touch when they decide to record and stay there, bringing back so many memories. For Billy, she claims she still has attachment anxiety when she is away from her parents, and especially from her mother, and that she simply loves her family home, with Billy claiming it keeps her grounded. During April 2020, Billy announced that she had also purchased a rescue dog, which was a beautiful blue-nosed pit bull puppy named Shark, sending her fans into a frenzy on social media, with her cute pictures with her new best friend. Shark is quite the mischievous little puppy, however, as he has already had to pay a visit to the vet after swallowing one of his chew toys, and he even destroyed Billy's $9,000 pair of shoes after he pooped in them. Billy claimed that ever since Shark came along, that she has been so much more happier, and she encouraged her fans that if they were thinking about adopting an animal, that going through a rescue shelter rather than a breeder or pet shop is the way to go. Billy grew up a dog lover, having a family dog named Pepper, who is still making the odd appearance on social media today, and was even a star in Billy's film on Apple TV. While Billy and her family also have a rescue pet cat named Misha, and once had a pet spider named Cooley, which was a green bottle blue tarantula that sadly passed away in 2019. Billy and Phineas had also been busy making appearances at award shows where Billy absolutely cleaned up, collecting awards for herself as an artist, for the track's bad guy, Everything I Wanted, and for the album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, with Billy winning over 60 awards by mid-2021, and almost double that in nominations. These award wins included two AMAs, three Billboard Music Awards, the 2019 Billboard Woman of the Year, one MTV VMA, two Brit Awards, and a whopping seven Grammys, five of which she picked up at the 2020 award show for Best New Artist, Album of the Year, and Record and Song of the Year for Bad Guy, among other awards. Billy would even become the youngest artist at just the age of 18 to win in four of the biggest categories in the one year and the youngest artist to win the Grammy for Record of the Year, surpassing the 22-year-old Kimbra, who featured on the track Somebody That I Used To Know by Gautier. While Billy also became the youngest to win Album of the Year, surpassing Taylor Swift, with Taylor's Fearless LP at the age of 20. Billy just kept on breaking records and even became the youngest to qualify for Forbes Celebrity 100 list with estimated earnings of around $53 million a year. It was now official. Billie Eilish had become one of the hottest artists on the planet, catapulting to stardom off the success of her debut album, 
and of course, for simply being herself, as she also became somewhat of a fashion icon, with her outlandish outfits, classy dresses, and her iconic hair that often was dyed different colours, mixed with her moody facial expressions and laid-back attitude, often attracting interviewers for the way that she conducted herself. Next time on Lyrics of Their Life podcast, with Billy now at the peak of her powers, we see her capitalise on this success by heading into the studio to work on her second studio album, Happier Than Ever, as we delve into the meaning behind the tracks Your Power, My Future, Not My Responsibility, NDA, and many more while we also take a look at all the major events which have occurred in relation to Billy all the way up to 2023. Thank you for tuning into that episode. Don't forget to check out our other episodes from Season 1 and 2. Ranging from Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury to Prince, Chasey Chapman and Stevie Nicks and -and up-and-comers like Youngblood, Tones and I and The Kid Leroy. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast or our website at lyricsofthairlife.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and even YouTube and Spotify where you can find a range of playlists featuring the music of every artist covered in the Lyrics of Their Life podcast so far. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to let your friends and family know about what they've been missing out on, and feel free to click the free subscribe or follow button to the podcast wherever you listen, so you can receive a notification every time a new episode becomes available. If you would like to support the podcast financially, then please feel free to head to Patreon or buymeacoffee.com, where you can contribute your support for the podcast in exchange for some bonus content, ranging from as little as $1 donations to really anything you like. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. This podcast is created and researched completely independently, so your contribution would really help this podcast continue on. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.